TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 406, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun. I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis in the snowpocalypse of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> this is Tom from Chile, LA, and I run the, the screenwriting programs at Azusa Pacific University. And hi, I'm David. Uh, I work. Uh, I'm live, live in Los Angeles, and I work in uh, post production of unscripted TV. Yay! All right, let's start off with the news. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Criminal Minds is to end with ten episodes for season fifteen. For the five people still watching Criminal Minds, um, <laughs> and there's a lot of old people who watch Criminal Minds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Netflix orders. Grishaverse? I don't know what Grish, Grish, Grishaverse? I don't know what that is. The Grishaverse books, Shadow and Bones to series. But apparently that's a really popular fantasy series. Uh, now that I'm going to have to read before I can watch it, because I that's the way I work. Ridley Scott series uh, Raised by Wolves has cast Travis Fimmel from Vikings as the lead. Oh, cool. Uh, Jordan Peele has casted uh, Al Pacino in his new series, The Hunt Eyes. And I was like, how many series? It's just just The Hunt. It's, oh, it's, oh, The Hunt. Oh, it's just called The Hunt. I was like, that series, that name doesn't make sense. Uh, How many series? Well, I mean, when I said The Hunt Eyes, I was like, that doesn't make sense. But I was saying, how many series does uh, Jordan Peele have at this point? I feel like he's making all, all the TV, <laughs> all the TV right now. It's uh, it's a cool premise. Uh, Nazi hunters in seventy seven New York, and you know, I like what you know. It's a cool concept. I yeah. hate Nazis. <laughs> that seems like a no brainer. All right. Uh, Jesse L. Martin is set to return to The Flash in episode 15 after a back Where's injury. Where's he been? He had oh. a back injury, which I didn't oh. know about, but he was benched because I was like, I was wondering, it was weird, you're watching episodes, and I'm kind of like, he just is, they just don't talk about him. I'm glad that he didn't quit the show because I was getting concerned. Yes. Exactly, I didn't even realize he was gone. Aww. <laughs> oh, no. I knew he. I noticed he was gone because there were situations where he should have been there, and he was just not there. It was just weird. I didn't uh, dislike him, and I don't dislike him. I just honestly just didn't really pay attention to the fact terrific. that he wasn't what do you there. Mean, don't dislike him. I don't dislike him. I like him. I don't dislike let's, him. Let's say make it more positive. You don't say okay. I don't dislike him. You say it, it, I like the him. Negative that got us worried. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, Disney Plus is doing a bunch of Marvel shows. Um, the latest announcements were Bucky. They're doing a Bucky and Falcon. Buddy, yeah, I've talked show. about that before. That sounds awful. Oh yeah. no, it's not. Uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch are doing a series, and they just they announced... hired a writer. They hired the co-writer of Captain Marvel to yes. do that. Yes, 
And Lady Sif is getting a miniseries because apparently she can't leave uh, Blindspot, but they're doing giving her a little series. But I don't know if I care about Lady Sif enough to watch a series just about her. Uh, yeah. And I was like, wait, she's still alive? Didn't they kill well, everyone? Because, because Blindspot schedule didn't let her be in uh, Ragnarok, but had she been, they probably would have killed her anyway. I was about to say, everyone got killed. How is she still alive? Whatever. Uh, and then Sarah Michelle Geller is to star in a limited series called Sometimes I Lie, based on the novel, and it's about someone who gets injured and paralyzed, and she can hear all the conversation around her. She doesn't remember her accident, but she thinks that it's her husband who did it. But I was like, so Sarah Michelle Geller's gonna be passed out, paralyzed with her eyes closed for the series? Like... That's a lot of really heavy-duty acting right there. I'm sorry. That's a lot of money to spend for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they did say there will be flashbacks. So she hopefully will be able to move around and talk during her flashbacks. Um, Netflix, Carmen Sandiego animated series just dropped a trailer. So we're close, people. Very close. As long as they keep the theme song. Um... Dwight from The Walking Dead is to cross over to Fear the Walking Dead. Ask no one. Um, I, I I know that's what I, I said. Ask no no one asked for that crossover. I hate Dwight so much. Why are you going to add him to a show that's actually starting to get interesting? Unless they take him over there and kill him. That's the only. That's it. but I mean, if they're bothering to cross him over, I don't see that happening immediately. So. That Probably sucks. Not. That sucks. I really can't stand his character. Anyway, uh, that's all the news I have. Tom. I have a, a handful of things. Uh, ABC has announced that this year's Oscars will be hostless in light of the uh, kerfuffle surrounding a certain short alleged comedian's non uh, <laughs> Wow. That was a way that was a long way to not mention anybody's name. But I heard I'm that I'm tired of him. It's like, dude, nobody cares. Well, he, that's his nobody thing is cares. he doesn't care either. But anyway, all I was going to say, I heard they're trying to get the cast of the Avengers to introduce di- different segments so they can have some star power. That's that's the last yeah, thing I heard. I'm sure they're going to have some star power, but you, you know, unless you're going to get Billy Crystal, <laughs> go hostless. Uh, CBS Films is being absorbed into CBS Entertainment. And they're going to focus on streaming content, presumably for CBS All Access. Hmm, interesting. Speaking of CBS All Access, Alex Kurtzman, executive producer of the Star Trek franchise on All Access, All says, Access. has announced the, bone, the bare bones of the premise for the Picard series. And they're taking their cue from the events of the 11th film, which is theoretically just called Star Trek, which makes no sense. But the premise is that Romulus gets destroyed and Picard, because of his ties with in the wake of uh, Star Trek, uh, Nemesis was number 10. I don't Uh, wait. So wait, are we off off of Nemesis or I'm confused? Okay, because of the events of Star Trek 10, Picard has ties to because of the events of Star Trek 11, a better title, uh, when Romulus gets destroyed, which is what causes near to go back in time and mess stuff up. Evidently, Picard will be dealing with the fallout in the prime timeline of Romulus destruction. Um, that's 
for me, that's interesting. I'm not sold yet, except for the fact that it's Sir Pat Stu. But I'll watch it. You know me. And finally, Hulu has canceled Sarah Silverman's show, I Love You, America, after two seasons. I didn't even know that existed. Okay. And All right. Let's move on with the shows then. First up, we're going to talk about God Friend of Me. We haven't talked about that in a while. And Greg is in love with the show. I, I like the show almost as much, but I give Greg a hard time about it. But um, it's, it's, it's very strong, Libya. <laughs> strong. So how do you feel about... Uh, let's just talk about this episode. What did you think of the, the one that just happened on Sunday? Oh, um, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I like everything's. I like the way they they tie everything together. I mean, um, you know, they seemingly just have this person who um, who is trying to find her birth parents, and then it turns out that she was actually, you know, um, I guess given or I guess given to the same church as um, Miles. That yeah, that Miles' dad um, uh, preaches. To be that. fair, she wasn't looking for her birth parents at all. <laughs> she was trying to do. She was minding her own business, and they showed up, and they were like, "Oh, we're going to help you with your article." And then uh, the girl, I forgot her name, was like, "You're adopted. I should help you find your birth parents." And I was like, "Wow, that yeah, went off kinda, on a curve." She, yeah, she kind of came off a little strong. She's Very. like, "No, to help you, even if you don't want help." Right. That's why when it started to look like it was gonna, it blew up. It, I w- I felt really bad for that woman because she didn't ask for this at all. Right. Yeah. And then she gets really, really close, and then uh, turns out that like her parents had died in a car accident, like just a couple of weeks Years. before. No, it was, or, it was, it was it, no, it was like a year before or something, but but it wasn't that long ago. So yeah, right. she just missed them. But then she found a sister, so I guess it's all okay. Uh, that was um, but, pretty much the point. But here's kind of a weird thing. I mean, you they did this whole thing where now they were they were trying to find this one software developer or something. Uh, they were trying to track him down because they thought they, he created the pro. He he was the god account, right? Yeah. And by the end of the episode, they're going to go after somebody else. I know. It's a, they they were like it's a trilogy of 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 computer programmers. We need to collect them all. Uh, yeah, it became that. Uh, I I still don't know if I buy the whole these guys programmed an AI. I think at the end of the day, those guys are actually going to be a project, uh, uh, an assignment from the God account. That it's just going to be reunite these old friends. It's all been leading to them just reuniting these guys who were best friends in college, and then they hated each other and because of money, and then they they haven't seen each other in twenty years. My prediction is the reason that they're being introduced to all three of them is that at, at the end of the season, that's going to be their assignment to reunite them and make them friends again. And it has nothing to do with the God, the God account as far as who then, made it. That's my prediction. Yeah, and then roll credits because what are they going to do for next season? Well, that, that's the point. This season, they're all about, well, it's some programmer who made it. But I think that's not the point. I don't think it's a programmer who made it. I think... By the time you get to the end of the season, they're going to find out none of those programmers made the God account. And that's how you go into next season in that you have to believe that something special is happening. That would make sense. That would be a good uh, ending. Right, exactly. And so I I think that that's how you do another season and you're not really looking for a programmer. You're just accepting on faith 
that you're getting these assignments. Well, the show is obviously got a lot to do with faith and the, the dilemma of faith versus uh, fact. Right. Uh, personally, I, I think the show is okay. I think it's uh, uh, the episode we're talking about is was uh, in a word I would call it heartwarming. Yes, um, they do that a, well. They do that well. But it's a show that's you know predictable, and I don't. I'm not really invested in any of the characters. I don't think any of the characters are standouts. Um, well, I disagree. I, I'm invested in in Miles. It, it, well, let me put it this way: it's a show I watch with my wife because she likes those feel-good shows. Right. So I wouldn't. And it is, watch, it's definitely a feel-good show. It is. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it otherwise. But it it is a feel-good show if you like those shows. It's no, this is us. But it's you know. <laughs> well, it doesn't make you feels. cry every week. No. It doesn't have all the feels. It just has a, a a fair portion of them. Okay, it's it's the more positive. If you want to smile and do maybe happy tears, this is your show. Yeah, although the uh, the lighting effect that they use really kind of annoys me. The, oh, just blur people's faces? Blur, yeah. No, the yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. yeah. At first, when, when uh, Greg was telling me about it, I thought he was crazy. I was like, what are you talking about? They don't blur people. And then I was like watching an episode, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're totally blurring, blurring people's faces. Okay. All right, well, let's, move, let's move on. I think effect, but that's okay. Yes. Okay. I, I, I know what you mean. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm giving it – I like it. I'm giving it a thumbs up, and I think if you enjoy – Feeling, you know, having a nice warm feeling at the end of an episode. This is your show. And also it has Papa Pope. Can't go wrong <laughs> with that. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And Tom, you were talking about The Rookie wasn't funny. Was this the first yeah. episode you talked, I mean, first time you watched The Rookie? Like, how do this, you... This is my first, this is my first time. Cause... Wow. Oh, gosh, it's the worst episode. It's the worst episode to come wow. into. You should have started really? on the pilot like well, that's sorry. weird he's a rookie virgin but i have limited time and a six and a half year old um i you know when you pitch me nathan fillion as you know a 40 year old police officer rookie yeah i think it's gonna have you know at least some lightness in it. Well, it, it does. does. It normally does. Normally, this was a more so, serious. This was the more, they. This was a two-parter cliffhanger. This was a, the culmination of the entire special season. episode. Where yes. Using, this was a very special episode in which we used lots of blood. Yes. So I thought it was well done. I like. I like the cast. Uh, I like all the cast. I like. I thought it was interesting that they dodged the moral dilemma he's in by kind of which... Uh, Whether you know, to tell the truth or not? Uh, you know, figure out if you're going to do the right thing at the cost of something, and it's like, ah, never mind, you saved the boss's kid, so... You know, <laughs> <get it." laughs> but no, I, I thought it was well done. I thought, uh, you know, Fillion's good. I mean, I think because he was on Castle for so long, not that I... You know, Castle was good, I thought, at the beginning, and then... Started and then getting, he, yeah, you know, became mostly like unwatchable a, toward right. But you forget he's really good. And, you know, I knew this before from other things, especially Firefly, but you forget when he was in a, uh, you know, a fun show that turned mediocre and stayed on a couple of seasons. Too long. So I liked yeah. it. I might check it out. Especially if, 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 if most episodes have more humor and less blood. Yes. Most episodes do. Definitely. Can because, I, go ahead. Go ahead. My question, Tom, is um, well. First, let me go backwards. I 100% agree with you. There was a little, there was a little Deus ex machina, save the day kind of like, oh, we're just gonna 
you know, we're going to drop that whole thing and, you know, you're back on the force and that whole storyline we're, we're just closing down. Um, but that's kind of the show. It's a little bit of a cheat. It's not like a deep, deep um, moral dilemma kind of show, but it, but they do touch upon stuff. So it's a little surface for sure, but um, yeah, it, it's no I, NYPD blue or Hill Street. Blue no, it, no, 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 no. And the episode that you came in on though, as far as the entire series up to that point, that episode is the most like NYPD Blue that you're probably ever going to get from the show. And and the thing is, I want to know if it literally, if if that's the very first episode, so you didn't even see, that's the second part of a two-parter. So how did you even know what was going on? How did you even understand what was going on? Or did you see Pre- the first part? Previ- previously. <laughs> 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 so uh, apparently they did a decent enough job that you could like follow the show. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I I teach writing drama, so and I and I've worked on on a couple of shows. So you know, it's not that hard for me to jump in to a show. I, I didn't really miss any beats. Um, I but I really like the cast. Yeah, um, it's yes. really strong. Yes, yes. especially really strong. the especially the women are so good. Yes. Um, yeah. The, um and 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 you know it, it it's produced well. The writing needs a little work because my wife watched it with me and it's like you know they would no way know how turn over a minor child yep. to somebody who's at the police station even yeah. if he can sleep it off. No, they would call yep. DCFS right away. Yep, yep, totally. Oh, I yeah, know. no, that that's that's the problem with the show for me, and it's a minor problem because I don't expect it to be realistic at this point. It really is. Um, it gives me enough drama without being, you know, too too intense or being a police procedural. Um, it gives us what what we want in our lead, Nathan Fillion. Um, but more importantly, you touched upon it. I think it did a great job of the supporting cast slash co-cast members. I really think um, not only are the women strong, uh, they all, everybody has storylines practically. And, um, you know, so it's really an ensemble piece. You know, Nathan Fillion got it done, you know, got the, got the show on the air, I'm sure. Oh, with yeah. His name. But, but it's, a, it's an ensemble show for sure. And, um, and you made a really astute, having not watched the series at all, <laughs> um, which, you know, says something about you, but also the show, meaning that in one little mini episode of second episode of a two parter, um, you could tell immediately that the female characters were strong and well, well acted and, and well drawn out. Um, and that is actually indicative of the entire series. So okay. I will just say, not just in response to you and the series, but since we are talking about episodes, I really liked the episode. I thought that it did. Um, it was kind of the resolution of cliffhangers from you know the whatever fall season, um, and I really like when things are tied up nicely, minus the quick you know you're back on the force. Um, but I like that they did tie everything up with a bow. Um, we've invested. I've invested you know nine weeks or however many weeks with these characters. I've learned to understand them, like them, whatever. Um, so for me, I was invested in how they turned, how it turned out. That gunfight um, was more harrowing than I thought it. I, I, I thought I was going to be. Like I was actually kind of like tense, and that's not the show for me. It's not a show where I, I feel really tense all the time. So I, I thought it was a good departure. Um, I have a feeling they're going to kind of go back to the rhythm of the, of the show. It'll be interesting to see if they suddenly take this direction, but I kind of hope not because I, I like. The I, show. I doubt it. Yeah. 
yeah, I kind of hope that it's, you know, it'll go back to kind of the rhythm that it, it had before. So, but right. I thought it was an excellent episode. Um, um, and I just I thought- wanted, I wanted to give uh, Greg a chance to talk real quick. I, I don't have any, um, uh, anything specific. I just thought it was very entertaining and uh, very suspenseful. A really good episode. Okay. Well, then I guess we wrap this one up. But uh, I'm glad, even though this was a little bit of a departure, I'm glad overall. So, Tom, you are going to go back and try to check it out, or? I might check it out Okay, from time to time. <laughs> okay. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Blackish. And this episode was, eh, it was all right. I mean, I got what they were trying to say, sort of. Which and the the premise is that uh, oh what is the man? Dre said that black Dre. people, yeah, black people don't go camping, and I didn't sort of see what he's saying. You don't see a lot of black people at camping campsites, uh, but I have been <laughs> camping. Thank you very much, several times. I'm an Eagle Scout, so yeah. <laughs> but really, what it is is he uses these things kind of as an excuse to make his kids like what he likes and make his kids not like what he likes, which is what you end up seeing very quickly. Um, and I and uh, Yusin was telling me that um, she thought that the relationship between the older son and him was got put in a highlight because of that. Did you want to talk about that real quick? I do. And actually, exactly. Just real quick, because I don't have much else to say about the episode. Um, The whole, for the entire run of the series, um, you know, it's been a real joke about how he has absolutely nothing in common with his eldest son and how he's a bit of a dork and blah, blah, blah. And he's gone so far as to like disown him or this or whatever. Um, So, and I kind of always wondered in the back of my mind, like, are they never, ever going to like, show the son's perspective are they never gonna actually you know talk about how this is you know this is a thing and 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 how it affects him emotionally or is he is he even aware of it so i thought they did a nice job finally um it just grounded it a little bit gave it some more realism the jokes you know to me matter more if they're they're kind of realistic they're not just you know zingers um unless it's the good place but um (laughs) uh because those zingers are great. But anyway, um, yeah, so the, at the moment, the time when he had the conversation where he said, look, Dad, it's too late for us, me, but it's not too late for them. That really killed me. I mean, I, I don't have a personal reference or anything. It's not indicative of my my life story. But I still thought, wow, that's really good. It's per- perceptive and, and you know, kind of gave it some value to me, the, the, the zinging, all, you know, five seasons long. So anyway, I thought that was good. It was a good moment. It was quick. Um, so yeah, I, overall, I didn't love the episode. It was kind of bland for me, but I thought that was a nice real moment. what do you think about the, the B story with, uh, Bo and the, uh, the uppity doctor? Oh, I oh, thought that rang that really true. That's great. Yeah. That was actually fantastic. You're right. That was way better than the, the main camping story and even the sun business. You know, you're absolutely right. I, I'll say this real quickly. Cause you asked. It reminded me actually of why I like the show to begin with. They, you know, occasionally they're heavy handed, but for the most part, I think they do a good job of weaving in. And you're right, it was the B story, but to me, it could have been easily, should have been the A story easily. Um, But yes, I thought they did a real, they they walked that line nicely and they made, it was very fair kind of a assessment and um, it was still done with comedy and stuff. So yeah, no, that's kind of what they do best. I like, I like when they do that and they pull it off. Yeah, I think it's interesting that since Kenya Barris left for Netflix, it, the the show hasn't suffered too much, but it still seems just a little 
off. There's something yes. quite not right. And I can't put my finger on it. But right. I love the conversation with Bo and Ruby. <laughs> Wait, well, I don't remember. Uh, what when, what when, did when she, she say? When when Bo's telling Ruby about the microaggression, oh, oh. no, we, I'm used to aggression, aggression. Back, <laughs> back in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just love. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah it, it wasn't a great episode, but there was some nice stuff in it. But I, I think, and by the way, they really should have called the 100th episode Purplish, the Prince Tribute. Right. How could oh. they not miss that? <laughs> How could they screw that up? Yeah. But, um, but, it, it's been interesting, but it just feels like there's something just a little bit off this year. Well, let's move yeah. on. Let's move on. Uh, I think we're giving this one still a thumbs up overall. Sure. Um, next yeah. up, the, the B plot rescued it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nine Nine. So good. Nine Nine. <laughs> so it was a return, uh, but it was weird because my TiVo didn't like it, it was like you have a season pass but it wouldn't record and i couldn't figure out why we recorded and i had to create a new season pass because it's on a different channel yes it's a different network it's yes. a different network i understand that i mean i knew that but i didn't realize why my i was like my TV should record this what's going on anyway the episode itself i love the fact that you had this one has a, a plot and a b plot as well but the one I guess I was really invested in was really just uh, Peralta and his honeymoon and how, um, <laughs> oh, good Lord, what is the, the chief, captain. the cap, Captain Holt, captain. how he just like happened to be there because of course they got the same recommendation from Gina, which makes sense. And they just kept trying to avoid each other and it didn't happen. And then they got pulled into his depression and it was great. Like all the points, everything, every time they hit a point, it was all really good. And I really like the end where they had given them this great pep talk about how he could still enact change. He could still do something. And now he didn't have to worry about getting promoted. He just do what he wanted. And he's like, we're at war with the NYPD. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That was great. <laughs> All right. Your thoughts. I had not seen the show since its pilot. Wow. And, what? You know, it was <laughs> Sorry, dude. I have a limited amount of time. <laughs> an overload of classes, <laughs> and got a personal life. Um, it really should have been on NBC the whole time. Fox yeah. is the wrong network for it, and I hope it flourishes on in on NBC because yeah. the cast is great, the writing sharp, uh, and Andy Samberg can be annoying. But this is the yeah. this role has just the right amount of goofiness in it. That yeah. You can you can kind of lo- you can love him and ignore the things that might annoy people. I would I would agree with you because I didn't like him, but I love him on here. So yes, yes, yes. I would agree. I feel like if this were if this weren't an audio situation, but this was like a video thing, I could just stand behind Tom with a sign that says "Yes" on it today. Because <laughs> 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 I, I wouldn't need to speak. I just stand up with the sign in the back, going "Yes, yes." I mean, um, so so no point system. Like your answer is a nine. Your answer is no, a ten. No. Okay. Well, you- I, I, I know I've been talking a lot, but I haven't watched a bunch of the other shows, and these are the ones I've seen. But I, I want to hopscotch on that because speaking from someone who has seen every episode and has watched it from the very beginning, um, it only took me 
maybe two or three episodes to kind of because you know it's it, it you got it's a little bit you got to get used to it uh the beats are a little different and the comedy and the characters are also kind of wacky but but if you watch a show like um the office or you know community or parks and rec you know it's definitely an office an office place uh comedy you know um it's mostly the cast of characters the police policing is very low on the totem pole um i just want to say because you've, you've you've touched on enough stuff i freaking love the relationship between the two of them uh, I, I mean i know you guys are like who um amy and um peralta I, okay. I really thought that, um, not really thought, I feared that once they got married or once they got together, like every other series show, typically when the couple finally gets together, it kind of crashes out and burns. But they are hilarious together. Yeah. If anything, I feel like the relationship has blossomed even more. It has not slowed down at all. Um, the ramping up to getting them together was hilarious. The kind of the middle section when they were together but not you know before they got married and this third kind of uh, segment where they're now together together and they're absolutely a couple and we see them doing their thing i could not stop laughing with when she showed up as bonnie bedelia or whatever her <laughs> <name>. <laughs> i mean i felt a little uncomfortable i think we're supposed to i think we're supposed to feel uncomfortable um and i just was like i love these two i don't even understand like it was fantastic i they did not miss a beat they i mean i didn't think that there was going to be a problem switching networks at all um you know i mean it's same show same writers what, what's what's the network same production matter? yeah uh, exactly so but yeah. i just thought well let's see if it makes any difference it makes no difference it's and, the same. and i it's think the same yeah deep in, yeah this deep in, this many I'll, seasons I, in, i'm very proud that they're as funny and as as strong as they are because they've been on I a while now a, i want to give a shout out to Melissa Fumero, who plays Amy, that could be if 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 the character was not written well and if she wasn't nailing it, that could be it. That would not work at all. But she has just the right amount of insanity because <laughs> she's a little off too. But her her mania manifests differently than and her delivery was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It was just. Delightful. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the show that we've all come here to talk about, which is the Good Place. So this this is the episode where oh my god, we got to the Good Place. This is great. It's outside that door. We can't get there, and let's move on to someplace else. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we got to the Good Place, which is where we were trying to go. Now we're leaving the Good Place. Ah, but I'm trusting the writers. And this episode did have. I really liked the woman in the mailroom for The Good Place. She was, like, the nicest person. I liked her way better than the committee. Like, the committee, I felt, was kind of boring. But I thought she was hilarious. She was like, I'm waving my fist at you. I can't wave my fist at you. <laughs> okay. I was the only one who thought that was funny. I, I thought that was... A, she, she was very good. Um, and I thought that the episode was really good. I liked it as a follow-up to the uh, to the episode with the... Um, uh, accounting or or the yeah, uh, yeah the account, they, yeah when they went to the finding the book of Dugs right uh, and but I have to say one thing before I wasn't here last week I hope you talked about or whatever the the Janet episode was oh awesome. yeah I, that was amazing so I'm I'm loving the show and and uh, liking to see what happens with uh, Chidi and Eleanor the the you know and the the triangle with um, Tahani and uh, Jason and and Janet, Janet. yeah. Uh, kind of fun to see. I, I mean, I I just like the show. It's it. 
to me, it started off as just being weird and I like weird, but it was, it, it didn't have the punch that it does now. It just developed into something that I really look forward to. So I enjoyed that it. That is true. It is the first thing I hit play on if I have a choice. Especially because it's a really, sh- it's a short show. It's like, you know, I can watch, I can watch twice as many of those as anything else. <laughs> I'd love a one hour episode or two half hours back to back. Two half hours. Yeah. Great, yeah. Uh, what did you think, Yusuf? Um, outstanding. You know, I, you know, I, I think I've been a little teeny tiny bit critical here and there about, oh, I don't know where this is going or blah, 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 blah. Um, but yesterday's show or whatever, Thursday's show, I guess I watched it yesterday. Um, uh, I thought it was, I'm not the best show ever of the season or anything, but it, it, it did everything that it does right, you know, and I, um, I'll just pick out a few actual specifics of the episode since everyone said everything that needs to be said about this show. Um, I, Ted Danson continues to charm me beyond, you know, his little reaction shots when he, when one of the committee members was supposed to like compliment him the whole time. And he was like, I thought I would find this annoying, but I don't. (laughs) And he gives that look to the committee or to us, the audience, you know, he throws us a look and I just was like, I fucking, I freaking love you. And, um, and then uh, I love how there is there's an arc, there's a story. Again, I'll go back to the fact that now that Chidi and Eleanor are together, you know, there's this whole like, well, you know, they're together now. Is it still going to be funny, um, or how funny is it going to be? And I love them even more, you know. And um, his growing through her and her growing through him, we see it. You know, the writers are so good um, that we're not. It's 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 not just lip service. It's not just opposites attract. It's not you know. It's layered and and really funny. And when she read that champagne bottle thing, and then he was all like, pop that bitch, you know what I mean? <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> so out of character for Chidi, but it's not anymore. He's like grown, you know? And so it makes sense that she would rub off on him. I was surprised that they didn't bleep bitch, that they let that go, but I was like, I guess they're not in the good place. They're in the mail room or something. So I, I wasn't sure, you know, I thought, oh, that was a little, you know, oh, I can't believe we got that word. Um, but, you know, just everything. And then even, you know, uh, when um, Tahani said to Michael, like, how do we make Jason happy or something? And he was like, his delivery, deadpan, like, you know, a lollipop shaped like a transformer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, I can't love this show more. So it, they just have a little bit of everything, heart and humor and timing and acting, whatever. I just absolutely do love this show. Absolutely. I, I got to say also that that my favorite. I mean, I like the characters a lot. I like Jason's off the wall sometimes, but I just love uh, Janet. I love um, what's her name, Darcy Carden, oh, yeah. who plays Janet, does an awesome job. And I I wish I'd see. I hope I see her in other stuff too. So yeah, she's great. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We're gonna say thumbs up. Definitely a good place. Yay! Next up, we're gonna talk about what? I said thumbs, toes, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about a brand new comedy on CBS called Fam, because they were too lazy to actually call it Family. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of the title of the show. But the one thing, it's it's a very generic CBS comedy about a couple that's getting married and the bride doesn't tell her, doesn't tell the family everything. She tells everybody her father's dead because he's a, uh, apparently like a sociopathic jerk cop. And she doesn't want to enter. She doesn't want to ruin her chances of joining the other family. And I get that once you meet him, played by Gary Cole, who does a good job of that. Um, and there, 
it's an interracial couple, but they at no point does anybody mention anybody being black or white in the entire pilot. Like I thought that it was cool at first, but I was like, Gary Cole is going to be that jerk. Like I was so sure he was going to be the guy that would say something and he didn't, he was sociopathic about everything else, but yeah, he didn't say anything. So I'm not sure if they're going to deal with race at all in this. Um, but I mean, it's very just generic to me. And I mean, it has a good cast, but I don't know, man. You're saying you're not a fam fan. (laughs) <laughs> i was sitting on that one too not a All fan right. of fam um Go ahead. i know I, I i think i'm the only other person that saw it so I, I i guess i'll speak um but i won't belabor the point i i'm interested mostly in seeing it's a curiosity thing no, no more than that um and i i but i it, i think it should get props for um the novelty I, that's the wrong word i'm using but um you know, for not making race the the center issue, I can't imagine that it won't come up somehow. Um, and I think it would be a little weird. I mean, I think that would be just too racially blind, especially in this culture, you know, in this climate and atmosphere. Um, but um, I love how it's not an issue in the beginning anyway. Like for me, um, that it's just, it was refreshing. And it was just, um, I mean, I wasn't holding my breath for it to happen. I just was watching it, but that's why I thought it was worth talking about because first of all, it's a pilot. It's a new show. Second of all, it does feature an interracial couple, which is still not very norm, but most importantly, it wasn't um, at all central to the storyline so far and possibly the show in its entirety. So it's not a funny show, but it isn't egregiously bad. And it's just very similar to most of the CBS sitcoms. One thing I will say, I really don't like the little sister. She's the only one that bugs me. Yeah, she's super annoying. Yeah, I think we feel the same way about it. I don't think we need to, I don't need to say much more about it, but I probably, I'll say this much. I'll watch a little more just to see if it, it goes anywhere and, and see if it's going to be as brave or, I don't know, brave's the right word, but, you know, as, it, you know, um, new, you know, a, about it as I kind of hope it will be. So I'll watch it again. I think it deserves yeah. a second. Okay, you go ahead and sacrifice yourself. <laughs> on the altar of television. I appreciate that. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Gotham. And this is the last season, and we're building up to this big epic arc. And this episode was actually pretty interesting in that uh, Gordon had to balance the limited resources that he had because he's already protecting a group of civilians. He has very limited resources. They basically had enough ammo for every cop to get one clip of bullets and two shotgun shells each. And then they had to go deep into the dark sector or whatever and try to rescue a bunch of kids. Who'd been in traffic. Say again? Who'd been trapped? Oh, yes, yes. So who were being uh, exploited in this big rescue mission and everything. And I like that they actually had some lip service for it at the top where he's trying to talk to the people on the coast and trying to get some backup. And they're like, Nope. And they're telling him, go ahead. The script says we can't give you any stuff. I know. Right. It didn't make any sense though. To be fair, the last helicopter they sent got shot down by a rocket. So that is valid. It was, well, it was Bruce's helicopter. Yeah. But it's still valid. I thought that was valid, but go ahead. Tom. Based on last week's podcast, Allison and Olivia talking about giving Gotham a second chance. Yay! So I watched the fourth season finale and then 
I watched the episode from that we talked about the, the season premiere, and then I set a season pass for this year. So I'll try to stick with it this year. But man, part of the problem is they're taking. I mean, yes, they're playing fast and loose with Batman characters. I know that. But the clash of styles and everybody in Gotham is a freaking sociopath or psychopath. Come on. No, they evacuated. Really? No, now it is. Left. Now it is. They they evacuated a lot of people. A lot yeah, okay, of people. Okay, so Normie's left. So everybody's else everybody who's left is a crazy or superpowered right. or something. Yeah. Or so or poor. poor. So only the poor people, the psychopaths are still in town. Everyone else who could left Gotham. I just thought that there was so much that was un. It would have been better with him dealing with the different gangs instead of the thing with the crazy woman and the little kid. That did that was we- that. I you're right. That was, that plot line came out of love. It, it just yeah felt like it's tagged on because and 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 come on, considering what you just told me, and I'm new to the show, I don't trust this kid. Why do they? It's just so. I think it's lazy writing. It's, yeah, it's like know. they needed another and, ten minutes. And and, yeah. and baby Batman, yes, he is tall, but he's thin as a beanpole. Well, I know he's, he's like sixteen or seventeen. No, he he's turning eighteen this year. Okay, well then he's seventeen. Thank you. He's, he's supposed uh, to be skinny. I'm just uh, saying. I'm defending yeah. his skinniness. That's all. Oh no, I'm just saying he's a. Be- I mean. He can't be Batman yet because he's got to train and whatnot. I wish they'd let him do something besides have that constipated look on his face. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. When and he... yes, the, Go ahead. the grown Batman had that constipated look on their faces too. However, comma, I just wish the show was better written. Considering what it is, especially knowing what it is, it could still be better written. But Tom, that's why he—that's the, the the look on his face. That's why he wears the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. All right. Well, I thought and this. It, I thought this and episode was that Peyton uh, List is the new Poison Ivy. Was that Peyton? Uh, I don't know. Tomorrow people is the new. Poison oh Ivy? yes, yes, that is her. And, and she, my wife is like, okay, it's. And if the two of them grow up together, then why does she look so much older? Because like, they've yeah, they've they aged her. They aged her ass. twice. She originally oh, twice. they did it twice. She was originally a little girl, younger than Selena. Then they made her a teenager, a little bit older than Selena, and then they made her who you just saw, a grown woman. Yes, they did it twice. Wow. And the Riddler thing does nothing. His, because we like, don't know what's going yeah. on with him. Like, that storyline, it's not supposed to make sense yet. Like, I watch the show, yeah, all the episodes, and I don't know what's happening. No, it's, it's still, and that haircut looks terrible. Anyway. I know, they're doing that on purpose. It's, there's a reason. There's something going on that, that they're yeah. going to explain. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, I just want to say that I like the show. I'm liking the show more now than I did when it first, the first season or whatever. Oh yes, definitely. I just don't think that that if this is the last season they're going to do and there's no spinoffs, I'm going to be disappointed. They're not going to get to some things, so they're going to rush. Oh, over. I have no, I have no doubts. They're going to cram everything in in these 13 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we shall see. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the blacklist. And this episode, what happened? Oh, uh, Raymond's in court. Oh, yeah. Reddington representing himself in court. Anytime you take a show that's an action show and put it in a courtroom, that's not good. Uh, So that part I was basically snoozing through. Um, 
the stuff with Elizabeth in the field when they were chasing after, I can't remember who the blacklister was this week. The pharmacist. Ah, right. Because uh, he actually isn't a bad guy. He just had an assistant who was a bad guy. But it's it's supposed to be... Imp- now, I know something that you guys don't know, but the fact that Red hired this guy, he wanted to... He was basically making sure that dude was going to be available to do whatever he told Red he was going to do is important, especially, I think, because we know he's an imposter. So I think that all plays in together some kind of way. I'm not sure by the time they... This is the slowest show to reveal stuff I've ever watched in my life. So by the time they actually reveal it, I'm not... Don't you remember, don't you remember watching Lost? No, this is even worse than Lost. <laughs> I don't know. Lost would do a reveal once a season. Like, at the end of the season, you would get some kind of reveal about something. You don't this, get that with Blacklist? No, the Blacklist... Because the big question in season one is, is, is Red her father or not? It took four seasons to get some kind of answer. I don't and know if that was a big question, but okay. That was the big question. I remember. Uh, anyway, so this show takes forever to answer any kind of question, so let's hope that they do a little better this season. The pacing is a little bit better than normal, but this I like last week's episode better than this one, mainly because Red's stuck in a courtroom the whole episode. And next next week he gets to go to prison. Oh, awesome. So Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that they threw that uh they threw that right at the tail end. So it's like he won his court case and then right at the last minute they're like, Oh, but what about that gun with the filed off serial number or something? You're in violation of your agreement. And they just threw that like right at the last minute just so they could, you know have just... him in prison for an episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so basically, we're going to have to see that Red can take care of himself, and he's going to have to kill a bunch of prisoners without being caught killing a bunch of prisoners or something. And I'm like, I just watched Arrow in prison. I don't need to see the Blacklist guy in prison. Like, let's, that's not the strength of this show. The strength of this show is him being the concierge of crime, you know? Yeah, but I am intrigued. I mean, last week we had, you know, the plastic surgeon guy, and so I guess we assume then... That Red, in order to uh, take on his persona as Raymond Reddington. Right, has did, had plastic surgery. Has had some sort of plastic surgery, but yeah, but I am intrigued as to why, what sort of thing does he need from the pharmacist. Right. And all of that's hopefully going to come together and they'll give us a decent answer by the end of the season. But like I said, I'm not holding my breath. Um, so this was, an, I thought last week's episode was better than this one. This one's okay, but I feel like, let's keep going. Let's go, let's go. I don't know why you didn't like James Spader in a courtroom. He was great in Boston Legal with William. <laughs> <Jeff. laughs> That's very and funny. He's got the Emmys to prove different, it. different show, I guess. Uh, yes, yes. This is not that kind of show. I, I I like seeing Raymond shoot people in the face. That's that's my <laughs> that's my thing. I thought he was a little more clever in Boston Legal. He was a little, little more droll and funny, but whatever. That's true, but it's also a different show. Like if I was watching Boston Legal, I would be fine with him being in a courtroom. Right, you'd expect it, I guess. Right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Deadly Class, which premieres on Sci-Fi Channel this week, but if you have iTunes, it came, uh, early, a week early, so we figured we'd discuss it and let you guys know if you need to tune in. Uh, Yusun, let's start off with you. What did you think? I could not have liked it more. 
It was. <laughs> I mean, it's not a perfect show or perfect pilot. I mean, I'll let it work up to that. Um, but I, you argue, you, you didn't argue with me, but you, you kind of raised your eyebrow at me when I said that it's, you know, it's the show Runaways wants to be. And um, I'm not talking about plot or story so much. I'm talking about the acting. I'm talking about the pacing. I'm talking about the action. Um, you know, it was a little, I mean, of, of course, I'm going to say this, it's cliche, nothing, nothing interesting about what I'm about to say, but it, it reminds, it's kind of like Hogwarts meets Breakfast Club meets Badlands, you know, I mean, it was like, straight up with the voiceover at first, I was like, Oh, is this gonna be a little Blade Runner esque? Like, do I want a voiceover? Um, but I thought the acting was very believable, top notch. I thought the violence was realistic without being cartoonish. Um, I thought the teenage angst and the and the kind of uh, portrayal of the high school was um, grittier than, let's say, legacies. Not that I'm knocking legacies. I'm just all I'm saying is these guys are technically all assassins. So yes, yeah, your high school experience will be grittier. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's why I said it was not a knock against legacies. You know what I mean? And but the argument is, I mean, that's kind of a an empty kind of argument because the the legacies is a bunch of witches and vampires and werewolves like they don't actually exist in real life so they could be it could be gritty it could be even grittier as gritty that's just not the show so i'm not comparing them by saying one is better than the other i'm i'm just kind of talking about not even a preference just you know i'm it's just my I'm, what I'm saying is they do gritty well. They did it well. They didn't go over the top. What's that show that we were talking about that it, it, I feel like is crazy gritty? Um, like, I was surprised. At how, uh, the Nightwing show. What's that show that... Um, oh, Titans. 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 Now, that show, I was like, what? Like, that, that, was, that was super violent and gritty. This, for me, uh, you know, because it's obviously on cable um to me it, it it's the right balance of of uh, of violence uh and grit and teenage angst and then you know the fun of assassins i mean why are we watching the show Obviously, <laughs> I you know, know what i mean assassins to watch. so anyway i'm i'm a big thumbs up i that's all i need to say i'm gonna watch with real interest to see if they don't drop the ball with this one that's interesting uh because for me uh titan's I like Titans more. I, I this show for me was was it's so dark um, as is Titans, but this one it didn't have the well it didn't have the action I guess, but it didn't have the um, something behind it that I that I could relate to. This one was kind of like there's there's a lot of this with the shows that I've seen with the younger characters. It's it's more you know skewed uh, young young adult uh, crowd and. I don't know this one. I'm I'm not a fan of all the the vampire and the dark, all that dark stuff, except in the context of like the superheroes or the you know something. I don't know. Um, I can't put my finger on it, but I, I thought it was okay, and I'll watch it for a few more episodes to see where it goes. But uh, the voiceover didn't do anything for me, and the characters haven't haven't uh, hooked me yet. So, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll keep watching it. I didn't love the voiceover. I just want to. I just want to yeah. make sure. You know, well, voiceover is not there. There are a couple of genres where you can get away with it in cinema and television, but otherwise, it's a narrative. Right. Right. Did Did you uh, Did you I, watch I'm, it, Tom? On the positive side, it's very well produced. It's got a decent cast. Uh, I love Benedict Wong. He was on a panel I moderated, Dragon Con. Yeah, cool dude. But on the negative side, this is not my jam. It's just full. I, I find it sad 
fascinating that so much of the sci-fi slash fantasy stuff that's coming out these days is so relentlessly dark. It's like, oh my gosh, as dark as magicians can get, and it can get really dark, there's still an element of fun, and every once in a while they actually have some whimsy. I, I, I agree. I, I just... I don't know why everybody's obsessed with doing this dark, dark, dark stuff. Um, it's a reflection it's of our culture. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, the time. Yeah. It's mirrored in the uh, uh, unscripted world by there's a lot of true crime stories yeah. being produced there, too. So maybe crime is in. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. By the way, so okay. Libya, Libya made a comment earlier. This year, 495 scripted shows is yeah. what we're expecting. But all I was going to say is uh, I like the show. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I I like assassins. So I like the idea of a school of assassins. And I thought Benedict Wong did a great job of being mysterious professor that you're not sure if he's a good or a bad guy. Like, is he really like you can tell he's manipulating the students in some way, but you're not sure why is it because it's for good or for bad? Like, I'm not sure. And I'm curious to find out. And I like the lead. I think the lead guy grabbed me. And I think yeah. that I'm into whatever. Like, some of the other ones are not as interesting because they introduce a lot of characters. And it's hard for a pilot for you to feel anything for all the other characters that they introduce. Though Pilots are hard. Pilots are hard. hard. So, yeah. But I think exactly. that, that for this episode, they, they nailed me on the lead and they nailed me on Benedict Wong's character. And that's all I need to keep watching to see if I, how I feel about the rest of the cast. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally in. I'm in. Oh, the animated sequences were pretty cool too, by the way. I thought using the animated sequence to tell that that his backstory was very clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. I I just want to rebut by saying it's not even a rebuttal. I can't disagree with what you guys are saying. And I think it really just comes down to preference. I think Libby and I have said that we want, we liked the gritty, we like assassins. So I just want to say to the the listeners, really, um, I think you can't argue that it's a very watchable show, but if you're not into dark and gritty or not in the mood or don't want it, don't want to see a bunch of kids killing people, which is really (laughs) hard. (laughs) Well, they're not, they're not children, but they're young though, but they're young and and they don't, are played by adult actors <laughs> but, but the, you expect them to be at that age a little more wholesome i think i don't know well i mean and, and what they really stress is all those kids have had hard dark lives yeah. so they're yeah, way they more know. mature than you would yeah. be at that they showed the lead guy when he took a shower he had scars all over his body yeah mm-hmm. it's just a, so, it's a less hopeful vision than i would like to see on tv more so than Oh, oh, it's not hopeful at all. So. No, yeah, and we, we see a lot of that I, hopeless stuff. I think you're entitled to that at 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and vice versa. And I, yeah. I the, the lead character just as a, uh, the actor just didn't grab me in his character, in his role. Um, but the Master Lin character does seem interesting to me because there's like mystery and something going on, some other subplot or something that, that may be revealed and, and become really interesting. So like I said, I'll, I'll watch it. All right, let's wrap this up. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can send it to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.